Hi everyone, this is Christian Angelis from theworkprint.com, and I got a feeling you're going to like today's interview, because we got an opportunity to chat with Marvel Unlimited Comics creators Benny Earl and Taboo. Yes, the Taboo from the Black Eyed Peas, which is honestly totally epic. Uh, suffice to say, I've been super excited to release this episode, as Taboo and Benny were absolutely dope to talk to. Uh, today they're going to promote their uh, latest comic, uh, Marvel's Infinity Comics Ghost Rider Kushala, which is available on the Marvel Unlimited app, uh, having debuted on October 7th, with new issues of the eight-part series available every Thursday until the end of November. Now, having read some of these issues, uh, I think the first three, I gotta say, Ghost Rider Kushala is kinda awesome. And by, like, kinda, I mean, like, totally, in the sense that, like, not only is this a story from... Uh, the perspective of a Native American protagonist who's a female, uh, but also focuses in on Kushala's like legacy as not just a ghostwriter but a sorcerer supreme, which is kind of epic. In like the if you took, you know, <laughs> if you took Doctor Strange and uh, and like ghostwriter and just made them like the most mystical, powerful being in the universe, that's kind of kind of the realms that we're dealing with here as they they delve with uh, a combat of Doctor Doom which is also, you know, a dope dope Marvel villain but I digress. Uh <laughs> in this episode you can hear Benny share some of his love of comics and you can hear Taboo and I talk about the importance of representation for uh, peoples of colors like ourselves in uh, modern fiction all for really what's just an awesome interview and arguably probably the best interview I think I've ever done in my career. Uh, at least I think so. Uh, special thanks again for the folks at Marvel and to Haley for this awesome opportunity. Now, let's get it started. Yeah. Get it? Like like the Black Eyed Peas song? Yeah, yeah you get it. Okay. <laughs> Enjoy, everyone. Welcome to the Workbrand Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and theworkbrand.com. Uh, nice to meet you and stuff. Uh, thank you for being here. Uh, if you could take that, feel free. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, thanks for being here. Uh, let me start by saying I love comics. Uh, I love the medium. I love the stories. I'm actually a comic book writer myself. Uh, I'm actually taking Scott Snyder's class uh, right now uh, online. And we've been talking about different methods about how to write and even break down comics. And after reading this one, um, I got to say I love it. Uh, I love the representation, the philosophical dialogue, but what I really find fascinating about this particular one is the characters. So uh, my first question for both of you is uh, Olivia Optera. What went into the creation of this character, and is she based on anyone in real life? Well, we can we can kind of just dive into how we always pull from our real lives. You know, in a lot of ways, sometimes we'll age characters up. So Tab has a daughter. So, you know, you could probably say Olivia Optera might be Tab's daughter in you know, 15, 20 years, you know? <laughs> um, and I think, you know, it's that idea of connecting her back to her lineage, you know, as, as children, you know, oftentimes you're told where you come from, but you don't always get a full grasp of it. You know, you might get little, little glimpses. You might see photographs, you know, especially, you know, if you grew up in say the eighties and nineties, you didn't have all the stuff of the internet right now. So I think Olivia is someone who is really doing deep dives and connecting it to her work, right? But she's doing these deep dives uh, to figure out, you know, Kashala, her relative, and where that all comes from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and as far as like, uh, 
the connection between our personal life and inspiration. We always uh, love celebrating and highlighting the matriarch system, you know, empowering our leads, especially women. Um, as Benny mentioned, I am a proud girl dad. I'm proud of being a, you know, a father of, of a daughter. And also I was raised by my grandmother and she was the matriarch of my tribe. She was the person that inspired me to, to go after my dreams and aspirations. That being said, Kashala was just a direct reflection of the love and, and support that we have for highlighting women leads and heroes to be the matriarch of our story. And even Olivia having that same thing, but still being grounded as mother, uh, being um, uh, kind of like really relatable um, because we deal with those issues too. We deal with, you know, parenting. That's how we built our, our duel. We, Benny and I met at Comic-Con and because of our, <coughs> our, our toys and comics, but also being fathers, that brought us together. Now we're called the dynamic duel because we are fathers and we make content for our kids. That's pretty cool. I'm glad that you brought it back to, uh, to like family and, uh, really the kids. That's, that's really awesome. Um, so I guess here's a, here's a question. Uh, Kushala, not only the spirit of vengeance, but also the sorcerer Supreme. How epic is that? Um, yeah. what was the uh, biggest challenge about creating such a large and epic lore for a character? And, uh, I guess maybe talk about grandma a little bit, cause I feel like that should actually come <laughs> given the, uh, the context of the story. Yeah. Well, you know, Kushala, it's interesting because, you know, we got, handed a character that had already existed in the Marvel Universe, right? We had done the Werewolf by Night before, which we pretty much were given a blank slate in a lot of ways to say, hey, go and create a character and, you know, make this Jake Gomez character. Um, but Kashala was someone who already had a bit of a backstory. So that, you know, in and of itself was like, okay, we got to respect the backstory that was created um, in, the, in the Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme by Robbie Thompson. And it was, okay, how do we make it our own as well, Right. And she is so powerful. Like, she's a Sorcerer Supreme, and she's a Ghost Rider, right? <laughs> and it was this idea, and people can call her, like, you know, oh, she's a Mary Sue, she's just so powerful, that blah, blah, blah. But that's not true. I think in so many ways, you know, when you have that sort of a power, and the power coming from a vengeance, right? It's uncontrollable power, right? Like... The fact that she doesn't know how always to control it, and she had to go and become a Sorcerer Supreme in order to get it out of her or to control it, it became this balance of understanding who she was through her own journey of identity. Um, so I think what we really leaned into was, you know, in this sense, we obviously played with her in the one shot where she had the power of being able to go into Johnny Blaze's soul and then ultimately had to reconcile and find forgiveness and, and that's how she defeated the, uh, you know, defeated the, the Leviathan. Um, but in this, it was different because we, we set up Olivia of Terra as our, you know, uh, protagonist, really. I mean, it's Kashala's story, but in, in so many ways, it's Olivia having to take in Kashala. And, you know, it's this idea that Kashala is bigger than just one being. She is all these beings. She is this multi, you know... Uh, multifaceted character and the fact that she has the vengeance of a god planet inside of her like if mother earth got pissed off and destroyed the multiverse and then that multiverse vengeance somehow fell through a black hole created a whole new multiverse oh and by the way kashala picked it up and now this planet's getting all screwed up you know <laughs> like yeah 
it's pretty mental. So yeah, that's what we were dealing with and have been dealing with in, in handling her. Um, all right, thank you. Uh, is there anything about uh, different elements of Apache tribes, custom and cultures that are brought into the world building of this comic that you can talk about? It, yeah, so one of the beautiful things of uh, being um, as involved in indigenous communities is being able to make relationships um, and build trust within different heroes in the community. With this specific um, uh, story, we wanted to bring in an Apache relative named Tony Duncan to give us the blessing and give us the genuine, authentic representation. Um, so that's just, it's part of our, you know, our company's motto is make sure that we always highlight heroes in, our, in the indigenous community. Mm -hmm. uh, although I am native, I don't speak for all of us. So I have to always make sure that we bring in the right uh, relatives to be able to speak on those certain uh, nations or tribes um, and it's just it's just something that we've made it a point to highlight and and champion that idea because now you're creating uh, heroes that are from the indigenous communities be part of this journey with us even Ken Shirley another uh, relative who's part of this journey with us as well he's Navajo and it's just getting that blessing that sign off man is so important to us so that we're not like speaking where we don't necessarily know, uh, you know, the, the right things to say as far as the Apache representation. I never want to misrepresent and I never want to speak out of line. That's why it's important for us to always bring in those relatives. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, real quick with, with talking to Tony, um, you know, and for me, I'm not Native. This has been an amazing journey of, of learning and, and being so blessed to, to have these resources and, and folks that really have just been so generous in, in their time and, you know, and in their sharing. Um, but, you know, for instance, if you read in Spirits of Vengeance, there's a scene where uh, Kishala, you know, is, is attacking the Leviathan. And we didn't have her saying anything. And Sarah came back and said, hey, you know, there's a great moment. She could say something like, like a yeah or whatever. So I, we called up Tony and Tony's like, oh, like have her say eat ya like as she attacks. Like and I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, so it's those little like things that, you know, you wouldn't think about, but that we have that ability to go and make that phone call and say, hey, like what, what should we say that would be real? Like what would she really yeah. say? And even I, uh, even Sedona, like Sedona was a big yeah. part of that. You know, the conversation with Tony is like, you know, Sedona, the San Marcos band. You know, I never knew that there was different bands or different clans, you know, and that was something for me as as a, a student educating myself and wanting to inform myself more about the different nations and different tribes and different bands and clans. That was something that was very informative. So it's it's been a learning experience for me too. And I never claimed to know everything about being Native. I'm still a student, man. That's pretty dope. I mean, I feel like in life you're always kind of just learning about your culture and your history. And I think this comic does a really good job of embracing that. Uh, so I guess this leads to my next question. Um, what is the most challenging thing about working in a comics medium compared to other forms of art? I'll be honest. Like, I have to say writing comics is the best and most fulfilling because you have so much opportunity to get immediate gratification in a lot of ways. We also work in, I mean, I've been working in film my entire career. I mean, obviously tab, it's a little different, you know, I think music, right. You can talk more to this tab with music because there is more of a, a, an immediacy. When you drop a single, you have that immediacy. Same with like a comic book where you drop the comic, there is an immediacy. Like, you know, with a film, it takes 
years of pitching sometimes to just get it to the right, you know, or attaching the right piece of talent. This is the other thing, you know, what we love about comics is that, you know, we can go and jam and have our musical creative jams Then I'll go in the lab and create some stuff. And then, well, it is, it is very much like uh, music. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, and then it's a visual way of telling the story, obviously, where we work with our artist and, and, you know, that's like the filmic side, but you're using a page or in this case, uh, a phone screen to play with time and the reader's engagement of the, the storytelling, you know, and how it, it moves through space. Yeah, for me, it's been a learning experience, man. I come from the music industry, but I'm also a storyteller that started in my backyard as a kid playing with G.I. Joe's, creating a universe, creating stories, you know, Cobra versus G.I. Joe. Like I was creating my own worlds without even writing it down, but just in my head, I was creating already storytelling, right? And it it kind of bled into writing lyrics and 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 being a, a socially conscious um, storyteller about what was happening in, in the communities or help happening, you know, around the world or things like 9-11. That's why we wrote Where's the Love. So that storytelling, that energy is something that I came in and with Benny's lead really started fine tuning what I bring as a freestyle improvising MC to be able to, to have that ping pong session with Benny. When Benny's more crystallized, he's like, uh, okay, cool. Let's now let's fine tune that. Let's cut the fat out and let me go into the lab. And actually all these concoctions that we came up to together, let's now fine tune it and write it out. And you know, whether we're, we're talking about paneling or we're talking about vertical comics, it's always a learning experience for me. And I'm just, I'm proud and humble to, to learn every day. Yeah, and it's it's dope. Uh, I love that too that you guys made this custom for like uh, like tablets and stuff, so you could quick read it like anywhere, which is really cool and accessible. Um, one thing, uh, I guess, from everything that you guys have gone through and everything you've done to put this together, what is the one thing that you hope audiences will take away from what you've created? Uh, you know, I mean, my own personal thing is that. There's two things, but one is that I, I really like you were saying earlier about the philosophy. Yeah. I fell in love with philosophy over the pandemic. I mean, I've always <laughs> been a student of it, but never really embraced it as much as I did during this time because, you know, it was really that deep diving into just all these different philosophers and this, this trajectory of philosophy since the beginning to where we are now with, you know, different types and schools of philosophy. And I think, you know, in this comic, that was a lot of the threading that I wanted to put in there, like giving people like some groundwork to play with some philosophy in it without being hopefully hitting people over the head about questioning and questioning ourselves and trying to understand where we as humans who have not existed for that long on this planet, what our role is and where we are and where we're going and how we need to stop being so just focused on this, like, oh, if we screw it all up, we'll just blast off to Mars. You know, like, this yeah. is a story of choices and how choices lead to, you know, more choices, obviously, cause and effect iterations and causality and where we are going with machine learning and, and artificial intelligence and, and, you know, how being a connected to the earth and connected to the universe is really what will save us in the end. And I think that's a big part of what we thread in these stories. So that's one part. <laughs> I'll also add um, one of the important things, the takeaways, although Benny and I are the face of this duo and this writing team, we can't do it without our team. 
it's a mm. team. It's a winning team. It's a dream team. You know, from our editor to our illustrators uh, to our text ink folks, everybody that is behind the scenes that makes this comic, whether we're talking about a one shot or we're talking about a vertical, we cannot do this without our team. So I always have to acknowledge and take time to my hats off to uh, to our team um, from Werewolf by Night to Kashala. It's, it's about that's dope. Um, and I like, thank you for shooting, uh, shouting that out because I think, uh, it is a collaborative process, especially in comics. So that's yeah. really awesome that you guys did that. Uh, this is kind of my last question. Um, do you have any words of inspiration for any persons of color who are looking to make a comic about their families, their culture experiences themselves? Sure. Can I start with this, Benny? So as a kid that, um, was always feeling like I wasn't enough, wasn't Mexican enough and wasn't native enough because I was born in the city of Los Angeles. Uh, my Spanish was very broken. Um, I wasn't born in Mexico, Tenochtitlan. I was born in Los Angeles, California. And so I always felt like I didn't have a place. I didn't fit in. I always felt not enough. And as I started to evolve and really get older and understand the blessing of just being proud of who I am and really embracing both cultures, I felt like now I want to keep that messaging going and inspire kids to hold on to that same energy of being enough and being proud of who you are. Faith, uh, background, spirituality, gender, all of that. Because it's important for kids to hold on to those uh, aspirations of being proud of who they are. Let alone people from marginalized or underserved communities or of, you know, of, of, of different ethnic backgrounds. The reality is we have an amazing blessing of being Marvel writers and create storytelling for those that maybe might not have the same uh, seat at the round table. So we want to honor and celebrate those heroes as well. Heroes without capes from different communities, as we like to call it, a mosaic of culture. Awesome response. Uh, Benny, same thing? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Tab said it best when it comes to, to talking to that. And I can speak on the personal level of, you know, when I was 11, I was in, you know, in love with creativity, art, Marvel. I dreamed of making Marvel comics. And then, you know, cut to 30 years later, uh, we get to be making Marvel comics. And I think at the end of the day, it's just that thing of like, stick, stick with your guns, man. I mean, you know, follow your dreams, follow your heart. And, and the hard work does pay off. And, and it's always about surrounding yourself with amazing people. And as Tab said earlier about team, team is everything. I mean, Tab and I, you know, it's, we talk every day, we are, you know, he's my brother, he's family, you know, and, and that's, that's what it comes down to. It's like these people that you want to spend hours and hours, years of your life with, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, man, like, that's what it comes down to. It's, it's how we connect and how we create together. So I think the big thing is, is always find those people that you relate to, you connect with that are going to grow with you and uplift you and you can uplift them. And I think that's the bottom line, you know, surround yourself with a great community, you know, listen to those that listen to your elders because <laughs> they do know. And I think, you know, like you were saying in the very beginning about you're taking on writing comics now with Scott Snyder. And it's like, that's amazing. I mean, yeah. and I think, you know, for all of us, you know, we should never limit ourselves to where we can put our creativity. It's never too late to be creative. It's never too late to pick up an instrument. You know, I also play music, but I'm not a professional musician, but I enjoy playing music. And I think so often people say, oh, I can't do that because I'm too old or, oh, I, oh, you know, whatever it is, there's always the excuses. But at the end of the day, it's like, you don't have to go and be a Marvel writer to enjoy 
writing comics or creating comics. You don't have to go and be a black IP to be able to play music and enjoy playing music. I think we should always embrace our creativity and not put it, put it behind us and say, Oh, I just have to keep working and, you know, working in the sense of, you know, <laughs> grinding. <Yeah. laughs> I totally agree. Especially now after, you know, all this pandemic craziness, I think now more than ever, you really want to embrace who you want to be, you know, more, more than ever before. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's actually all I got for uh, both of you guys, unless you want to just keep talking about comics, creation, life, Marvel. I mean, we, we have we have something in the in the works that we we uh, we're very proud of coming up soon. Uh, Benny, I don't know if you want to go like a little bit like deeper into it. Yeah, sure. Which, you guys are we, down for it. Which one? Well, we've got so many projects. Tab and I have so many projects. Like you don't even understand. We're doing a documentary on hip hop in the Sunset Strip. We've got like. <laughs> We've got. Oh, I'm like, all right. Which one, Tad? Which one are we talking about? Because give, you know, give them what you can, Benny. Give them what you can. Like, yeah. Oh my God, please do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, so like, you know, Tab and I met obviously uh, through the Marvel connection when we did Masters of the Sun, which was uh, you know several years ago. But in that time, we ended up you know building this company and and setting up projects with Cartoon Network. We've got projects with Gaumont. Uh, right before you guys, we, you know, all these these interviews were just pitching BBC a show that we've got set up right now in Brazil and, and Australia. So we've got all these different things that are all like different levels from preschool to, you know, six to 11s to 10 to 13 to, you know, CW style to movies, you know, a documentary on hip hop uh, where Black Eyed Peas first were founded in the Sunset Strip. Um, you know, and then of course, you know, we got another opportunity with Marvel that we can't really talk too much about, but we're putting together and we're, we're, we're ping-ponging with CB right now that we're really excited uh, about, and hopefully this will, will become something in the, in the future. But, um, you know, we're, and, and we're also, we're also, this is the thing I think Tab is talking about. This is the thing I think Tab is talking about, because I'm, I'm like, wait, I'm racking my brain of like the different things we got. So, all right, so we're going to be building some dopeness in the hip-hop space that is going to be a, what we're calling uh, should we call it, should we say it out there? The Vonnerverse? I don't know if you know the toy space, uh, but we've got, we're working with David Vonner. Um, and if you know David Vonner with Hasbro and, and all the toy space. Yeah, um, yeah. So Tab's got this amazing character he created many years ago that now has been realized called Angry Foot. And, uh, and I've been in the NFT space for a while and, you know, been building in that space. So we don't want to get too, too deep into the things, but Got to stay tuned for Angry Foot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Tab uh, spit a little on that. So back when, when, um, when I first started uh, dancing or break dancing um, or battling other dancers, I created a style and a moniker. Um, you know how a lot of Native folks have um, names that they, you know, it's like like Bunky Echo Hawk, who's mm-hmm. a relative. I felt like my name should be Jim Lewis Angryfoot. And the reason why Angryfoot is because when I would take out my frustrations or the anger that I felt, whatever, um, you know, uh, stress that I felt, I would take it out on the dance floor. And so Jim Lewis Angryfoot became my alter ego on the dance floor. And Tabunawasha, which is my name, um, that has always been part of my journey as well. But when I would like go into battle mode and I would like, get into this weird spiritual competitive warrior spirit, I became Jim Lewis Angerfoot. So I wanted to take that idea and that inspiration when I first started. If you look at the early, 
I mean, Black Eyed Peas 1999 album, Bridging the Gap, you'll see it says Jim Lewis Anglefoot, and that was my alter ego. So I take, took that same inspiration, and we created a universe and a character around that universe that represents that alter ego. That's pretty dope. Oh, my God. Talk about creativity. And just really channeling in everything uh, from the beginning. Well, what we learned from Marvel is, is, you know, just to continue chipping away and, and, and having representation because it really does matter. Like, we need more heroes in that space that look just like us. And, and I said that earlier, man. Like, it's important for identity. And, and yeah. folk that deal with identity, multiculturalism, uh, multi-faith or spirituality to really connect with different types of heroes that maybe not may not be the norm. And the more heroes that look like, you know, folks from marginalized areas or, or underserved communities, like we need those voices. And I'm glad, agree. I'm glad that I can chip away at that and really speak from that because I do come from East LA. And I told you this earlier, like, Dude, I was born in a very poverty-stricken area. Fortunately, I was able to move to another spot, but I saw it. I saw it growing up in Dogtown Projects, and I saw the environment, but I didn't allow those frequencies and the negativity of gangs and, you know, violence and drugs to take me out. It's like, I was like, my grandmother said, nope, you're going to be the conduit of hope through art, through music, through dance. That's what you're going to bring. That's how you're going to bring light to the world. I mean, you have. I mean, your career is illustrious in the sense of like representation and culture, particularly. I mean, that's Thank that's really cool. As a Filipino American myself, I must say that that's really dope. Because like, besides Tresse, I feel like we don't get too much. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Apple Diab from my group, he's he's proud to be Filipino, man. Like, you know, that's yeah. really Black Eyed Peas is like he's the Filipino guy from the Philippines that didn't know a word of English, came to America, adopted at fourteen years old, met Will I Am, and then I met. Will and Apple at a club called Ballistics, which Benny had mentioned, and we became Black IPs, the mosaic of culture. Native American, Mexican, Will I Am is Black, African American, living in an all Mexican neighborhood. And you have this, this beautiful mosaic of culture represented, known as a brotherhood called Black IPs. Which is amazing. I love that. Well, and, and speaking to Olivia Uptera, Uptera is, uh, is what your mother's, uh, your, your wife's. Yes. Yeah, so my wife is Filipino too. She's from Cavite, oh, Cavite in in, uh, in uh, San Isabel in uh, uh, Philippines, and we actually went there prior to the pandemic so that my kids could see where her where their ancestors are from. My mother in law lives there. She's up Terra. So just as a nod to my Filipino family, I wanted to to incorporate that. And Benny's like, "Let's go. Let's make her Olivia up Terra." So that's a nod to to my wife's uh, you know Filipino background. That's amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I didn't, uh, have anything else planned except this, um, I guess the subject. Oh, man, um, gosh, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, like, when I think about what are the comics that really ca- I came up on, I still always just love anything X-Men, and, you know, I've always been, one of my favorite writers is Grant Morrison, and I love what he was doing with the new X-Men. Um, you know, I've been reading recently, we've been kind of diving back into some older stuff like the Invisibles. Uh, you know, it's just, I think there's, there's so many great comics that explore things that, you know, Transmet, Transmetropolitan is another one of my favorites. I mean, it's, it's genius, man. You know, and it's like, 
there's such cool stuff out there. And, you know, right now, and I know I'm not speaking to what Marvel's doing right now in our space. And, you know, I think there's, there are some really great comics. I mean, I really loved uh, what, what Jason Aaron, I mean, I'm also a big fan of what Jason Aaron's doing and Scott Snyder, you know, I'm reading uh, right now uh, the, uh, the Batman who laughs, which I hadn't read before, which is great. So yeah, I mean, Scott Snyder's another great, great writer who I'd love to read. So, Cordovales. Um, Debu, any comics well, that you like? That's the beauty of, of our of our duel is that he's the comic book nerd, I'm the toy nerd. So, boy, <laughs> bro, like I can go for days talking about the creation and just as a collector, as an advocate, as a as a student of the game when it comes to toys. And yeah. that's what brought me to Comic-Con. I'm just being honest with you, bro. Like that's That kind of makes sense. The reason why I went to Comic-Con the first time, and because of that, I was able to meet Marvel. And because of that, I was able to partner up with Benny on Master of the Sun. So that idea of like my love for toys, it, I just took that same energy uh, to Benny's love for comics. And we created this amazing team. And I'm learning as much as I can. It's like a, a crash course on comic book appreciation. And now that we're writing comics, I just... From, from my perspective, it's like the comics that we create, I'm looking like, yo, what are the action figures we could create? Is it a Marvel legend? That's awesome. As bro, like that's the way that I'm thinking because, you know, it's like I, I never want to pretend like I know everything about comics because I don't. That's that's Benny's space. Mm-hmm. And the same thing when it comes to toys. Benny's like, that's tap space. But together, we're able to bring this amazing synergy and this marriage of both things that we appreciate and we love. And that's why Skyview Way is is such an amazing uh, duel. Well, and, and, you know, to that point, I, I, I wish I knew more about comics. I mean, you know, I read, obviously, a lot when I was a kid. I would, you know, here and there, jump back in and out. I started a, a community called Comic Book Sunday here in L.A. for people to share comic books and be in the uh, industry and be able to hang out and hang out with other industry folks, which we actually are about to uh, to relaunch and look to make it an industry party at, at Comic-Con and San Diego Comic-Con and L.A. Comic-Con. It looks like we're going to do one at L.A. Comic-Con. But for me, it's always about the community. I mean, I think that's really my biggest thing. You know, I started Comic Book Sunday with Jim Kruger, who you probably know is writing Earth X and Justice and all that. Um, and Jim and I, you know, were like, you know, I, I was like, how do I bring my uh, friends in film and, and television and gaming and in animation and connect them with my friends in comic books? Because I saw that at that time, comics were becoming like a mine for IP left and right. And the issue always being that, people in film don't understand comics. They don't understand often how to take the essence of what makes that comic a great story. Instead, just we're always taking the trappings of it, you know, the veneer and trying to just throw it on the screen or whatever. So, you know, I think so often it's like comics are such a great place to start exploring story and tell amazing stories and then when you can bring it to a screen or a game, you can add all the components such as music and voices and, you know, which is what we did with Masters of the Sun with the AR app, you know, the Black IP soundtrack and, and uh, you know, Hans Zimmer. Um, so I think, you know, it's how do we really create experiences? I think that's really the big thing in our storytelling. Speak from, can I just add one more thing about the comics? Sure, absolutely. The, the important message for us is uh, how can we be uh, the, the folks that chip away at bringing more representation of different types of heroes 
you know, Skyview Wave. We've, we've been very blessed to be part of not only Wealth by Night, but also uh, Kashala. And we also did uh, Marvel 1000. Right. And then we, we were part of doing a forward for Indigenous Voices. Indigenous Voices was the first time that you had all these Native American artists, writers, um, creatives coming together for, for this amazing, uh, you know, uh, book that Jeffy Varegi, our, our brother, was able to spearhead. My point is, is the reality of bringing more heroes, eventually maybe even being inspired by a Filipino superhero from the Marvel Universe that we can, you know, incorporate. Like, those are the things that really, for me, as a creative, as a voice, like, I really want to chip away at that. And I, I really want um, Marvel to understand that we're very thankful for their open-mindedness and their willingness to, to change the narrative of what heroes are expected to look like. Even females. Like, I yeah. love the fact that we're empowering more women because, like I said, I'm proud to be a girl dad. I was raised by my grandmother, and to be able to tell those stories, I want my daughter to be inspired by by the heroes that we create as well. No, 100%. I'm actually really looking forward to Miss Marvel and Kamala Khan's story getting expanded in the uh, MCU. But, um, yeah, that, this was fantastic, guys. Uh, thank you, Taboo. Thank you, Benny, so much. Um, thank that's you. all I got, but uh, thank you guys for everything.